Welcome to Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. Are you hungry to hear more about our beautiful Savior, Jesus? Well, the Bible declares that grace and peace are multiplied to us in the knowledge of Jesus. Join me for revelatory teaching, interviews with leaders in the body of Christ, and testimonies of God's goodness in your life. Thanks for joining the conversation to reveal more of Jesus to a hurting world today. I always had this encounter mm-hmm. with, with the Lord, right? But just December 31st of that year was where everything came together beautifully. And, and you know, the thing is, when I walked out, I just know I was changed. And I just had a different kind of posture in terms of knowing him, representing him. And as I do everything, I just dive into it. So immerse yes. myself in the word, study the word, spend time prayer and fasting, really learning. I've always been one of those that I really give myself to it, right? But before we get started, I want to give a quick shout out to our Christina Prayer Ministry sponsors who help support the mission to unite the body of Christ and fulfill the Great Commission with love. A big shout out to Gopher Ministries who provides all of our equipment for our gospel events. Davis Financial Services who does all of our financial accounting Harvest Family Network, through which I am licensed and ordained, and Life Changing Productions, who helps put together evangelistic events to reach our city for Jesus. If you or your organization are interested in becoming a CPM sponsor, you can find out more information on our website at ChristinaPereira.org. Do you have a loved one special occasion coming up? and don't know what to get them, well, now you can sponsor an episode of Revealing Jesus in their name. And you can give them a special dedication message read on air. It makes a great gift. To find out more information, just go to christinapereira.org slash podcast. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I am your host, Christina, and I'm so excited to have you with me here today. I hope and I pray that you are doing well right where you are and enjoying the continuously flowing favor of grace pouring from our beautiful Savior and Father in heaven. I've got a great show for you today. I have an amazing leader in the body of Christ with me. He is the founder of Global Bridge Builders, an international Respect to Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Consulting Firm. And he is the author of the new book, Unfractured, A Christ-Centered Action Plan for Cultural Change. I have with me here today, Scott Welch. Scott, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Christine. It's great to be here. Oh, it's so great to have you with me here today. It's amazing. I have absolutely loved reading through your book. It's such a dear message to my heart, the power of unity and who Jesus has created us to be in him and what we can do when we truly work together and we truly honor one another as being made in the image of God. Yes. Thank you so much for this. Well, you know, I'm glad to be able to be part of it, right, to contribute in some way part of the opportunity, how that change takes place. And I think one of the things I really wanted to put out there for the family of God to look at is how to do it. I think we have an understanding, many of us 
that we should. I mean, if you're spending time in the word, it's obvious God's heart for unity. I mean, Revelation 7 and 9, Psalms 1 33, John 17. I mean, the list goes on and on. But oftentimes, sometimes people hide behind. And I mean, specifically, they hide behind. Well, I don't know how to do it. Yeah. Well, it doesn't necessarily get you off the hook as to the how. You still need to because it's mandated. Jesus told us to love each other and to figure it out, right? We are knowing it. We are full of the Holy Spirit. So we know how to love each other, yeah. right? Right. And so it's the same thing in many ways. And that is we really have so many gifts in the body. Mm-hmm. And we build beautiful things and we do beautiful things. And I think, you know, for all of the times that you and I and other people pray for revival, I actually think that it's going to happen through unity because unity takes maturity. Yes. Right. In Psalms 133, it says how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together. Unity is like the oil that runs down the beard of Aaron, even on his garment. And if you notice that it runs down a beard, to me, that represents maturity and the oil symbolic of the Holy Spirit. So in other words, the Holy Spirit is going to flow most in a place of unity. Yes. Unity takes maturity. Yes. Right. And so when you look in the scripture and it talks about division, not far uh, after that comment or before that comment, it's talking about immaturity. Mm. Immaturity and strife go hand in hand. Okay. Unity, right? And yeah. peace go hand in hand. Yeah. And so when we are looking for the body to come together, I mean, if we're looking for God, I believe, to really do something big, that is exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or imagine. I actually think it's tied to our ability to be mature Christians and get along and understand that there is no denomination, there is no political party that has salvation built into it. Mm-hmm. It is only through Jesus Amen. that salvation comes. Amen. And so when we begin to put things in their proper place, right, and exalt Christ to where he is and he sits at the right hand of the Father, mm-hmm. We have to give him lordship, right? And not our denominations or political parties or things like that. We've got to also understand that, you know, and and here's the thing. It's like with the idea that God gave me for unfracture, even in the place of where does ethnicity play a part? It's not to dismiss who God made us. God made my my brother who's Italian or sister who's Polish, he loved that and said, it's good. Yeah, absolutely. When he made me African-American and this yeah. beautiful chocolate skin, he said, that's good. That's right. Right? <laughs> and I don't lay it down. I don't apologize for it. I love it because he did it. He didn't make mistakes when he made us. Yes. He didn't say, oops. He said, wow. Oh, I love that. Right. I but that. the whole idea is that those things cannot be central to my identity. They are mm-hmm. fundamental to my identity. Right. But Christ is at the center, which is Christocentric, mm-hmm. right? It's the life that revolves around Christ. So Christo, Christ-centric to revolve around, and then also to be ethno-conscious. So ethnos is the people group or culture, but notice that I'm conscious, I'm aware of it. So everything that I am as a father, African-American, born in America, a husband, those types of things, those are all wonderful things, mm-hmm. but they have <laughs> to bow to the Lordship of Christ. Yeah. So I'm a father through the scripture. 
I'm an African-American through the scripture. I am a husband through the scripture. In other words, the Lordship of Christ is what teaches me how to do those things and be those things in a way that honors him and makes him smile. Absolutely. When people get it twisted Mm -hmm. and that their ethnicity is central, their political party is central, their denomination is central. Mm -hmm. And so we call that ethnocentric, Mm -hmm. right? To your culture is, ethnos is at the center. Centric is mean your life revolves around your culture. And then we say Christo-conscious. So you're aware of God, but he's not Lord. And he's really the suggestion, Mm -hmm. but he's not Lord. And those could not end up any further than the East is from the West. I completely agree with you. I love that so much. You know, I'm all about exalting Jesus. Obviously, this is revealing Jesus. Mm -hmm. I love that we get to do all things, the king and his kingdom. Yes. So that means his heart, uh, that means his word, that means testimonies, and that means solid biblical teaching, everything centered around Jesus. And mm-hmm. I believe when we exalt Jesus and Jesus alone, that is where true unity comes from. And that's yes. where true revival comes from, because the Holy Spirit's favorite thing to do is to talk about the beautiful son. And that's so right. anytime we exalt the son, the Holy Spirit is present. And he loves to reveal the son. And I believe so firmly that the heart of unity is so firmly on the heart of God right now for revival. So much so in my ministry, we started, you know, revival nights for leaders to start bringing leaders together and start Mm -hmm. uniting our hearts together through prayer and uh, seeking the the Holy Spirit. And Mm -hmm. so... I believe what God wants to do, like you said, is so far beyond anything we could ever dream, ask, believe, hope, think. Yes. It's going to come through a posture of humility and surrender to the spirit. true. And I'm so excited for the message in your book. But before we get started on that, since this is revealing Jesus, I have to ask you how you met our beautiful Savior, Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, you know, that's quite easy. I mean, so, of course, brought up in church, I was doing the Easter poems and stuff for my pastor when I was like four years old. He'd bring up to the front of the church. So I said, just really wonderful men and women of God in my life. But it really wasn't until the the eve of December the 31st, 1990, when it was like that shift where I'm like, he's Lord. Mm. Right. So going to university, getting my master's, all those different types of things. And of course, kind of what I would say, a casual Christian, you know, if Mm. if you will, kind of one of those things. Mm -hmm. But it was that evening I was in service. I was there. Seriously. And it was because interesting, I think sometimes people say my life was just full of hell and things like that. My life wasn't. I was raised in an amazing family. But I was one of those good people that was one of those just, it wasn't a strong, salty presence, right? Mm -hmm. But I wanted it. I knew it existed. And I was just hungering after it. So going to New Year's Eve service, it was really the night of December 31st, 1990. That's where the real shift happened, right? And then from there, because God had already healed me. He'd already raised me from the dead. I was an army brat, lived in Korea. Mm -hmm. And I was legally pronounced dead at the one to one hospital in Seoul, Korea. 
And they read me my last rites and everything. And my mom and my stepdad, my dad was stepdad stationed over in Korea. We lived in the village. We didn't live for the base with everybody. So uh, my friends are Korean, you know, housekeeper was the one taking me around, introduced me to people in the village. But I had asthma so bad. My health record was voluminous. And well, got sick in Tongdishan, blew me by helicopter medevac to Seoul, Korea. They read me my last rites that legally pronounced me dead. God raised me up. And so I always had this encounter mm-hmm. with, with the Lord, right? But just December 31st of that year was where everything came together beautifully. And, and you know, the thing is, when I walked out, I just know I was changed. And I just had a different kind of posture in terms of knowing him, representing him. And as I do everything, I just dive into it. So immerse yeah. myself in the word, study the word, spend time prayer and fasting really learning. I've always been one of those that I really give myself to it, right? Mm-hmm. In this case, give myself to him wholly yeah. and fully. And that's where it just, you know, that was that moment. And then there's the rest of my life, I guess I would say after that. I love that. But it all, you know, I think when we come to that moment and we see he is Lord and it's so hard not to give ourselves fully. Right. You know, you know, I hate to use the word addiction, but it's like a moth to a flame. Yeah, you know? right. There's no other way to describe it. But right. it's just so incredible that it's hard not to give our lives fully to him like that. And I love that. And yeah. I love that I love the message that you carry in your heart. We've seen some really, really crazy things over the last, I don't know, uh, eight years, I would say. And, you know, it's so interesting in your book, you were talking about the body of Christ living in the times when the Tower of Babel was built, when people were saying, we will be like God and we will come together, but they did it through their language. And I think yes, is really trying to give people language to have difficult conversations. Yes, it, it really is, Christine. It's trying to give, because if you think about our current language and think about where it's led us. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's insufficient, yeah. right? And so it's kind of led us to this cul-de-sac where we keep spinning around and driving around in the same dead-end road, essentially. Yeah. And yeah. so really what I wanted to do and that God allowed me to do is present some new language mm-hmm. because, you know, we have to think of ourselves first as a Christian. Yeah. But many of us don't, right? We think of ourselves in terms of nationality ethnicity, age group, whatever that might be, as opposed to a Christian. God made me, I'm a Christian first, and then all these other things follow. Right. And I think a lot of it is, you know, the language has really kind of kept us very limited in terms of who we can be and what we have license to be, right? And if you start everything with Christ at the center, everything becomes so, I mean, in terms of the creative edge that I have, and I create things, I have nonprofits that are 12 years old, 25 years old. I've got, we do business all over the world. I've worked with the Fortune 500 organizations and also large multi-location churches as well. Anything that works is because it comes from the scripture. Mm-hmm. But the organization I'm with, whether they're massive coffee makers, and you know, you kind of can read that, or major entertainment companies, anything that works is because it's based upon the word. Yeah. So I know it's going to work. Yeah. Right? It's never a question if it is or not. It, of course, is going to work because the word always works. Yeah. Right. 
But every single time when I'm in those meetings, like I told you, I was just in Toronto yesterday, oh, the major organization. What I would do when I was working in kind of in those, the bigger organizations, you're, you know, giving counsel to American Express or all these other organizations, I had a heart for the family. And I would say, well, how is it that these organizations that are secular are doing such, they're doing great work, right? But then what about the family? Yeah. And I always come back to the fact that, man, we got the power. Yeah. Right. Everything that we need is in the house. You look at the book of Acts. Yeah. All these gifts. And yet we are not leading the conversation. I know. We're not even leading with power. We're following. And then we have the audacity to point out what the world's doing wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, folks, there's an opportunity for us here because the world has a sense of what they're already doing wrong. They don't, you know, it's like they don't really need any more coaching on that. But what we need coaching on is what we're doing right and how best to articulate that. Mm-hmm. And we also have to model it. Mm-hmm. I'm not one for theory. Mm-hmm. Everything that I do, it's like I, I, I appreciate theory. It has its place. Mm-hmm. But unless you can connect the cable to the floor mm-hmm. and that the gospel is with demonstration of power. Yeah. Unless you can do that. And I think unity is an amazing, awesome thing that comes from the heart of God. Mm-hmm. The Trinity, there is yeah. complete unity. Three distinct personalities. Yeah. Right. So why can't we model that? Yeah. And unfortunately, Christina, I don't think it's a matter of not knowing how. I think really, and I tell my friends this, I think it's a matter of us being unwilling to. Mm, yeah. You know, the Bible is very clear that Christ has created in himself one new man. Paul says there's no longer male nor female. That's right. Or Greek, slave nor free, but all are one. And so I I think you're right. If we're really reading the Bible and we're seeing that, there has to be some sort of unwillingness to acknowledge that because we're still seeing divisions among denominations, among racial groups, among genders, among Jew and Gentile. Yes. But if we're reading the Bible, if we're believing the Bible, Shouldn't we be living the Bible? Well, here's the thing. If not, throw it out. Yeah. And just get your talking points from the newscast. Yeah, I agree. Because I I think you've got a great point. If we're not leading in what love looks like, we have absolutely no right to be pointing out sin and things in the lives of others. We don't. And here's the thing. And I just wish that... um, you know, and it's why the world pokes its finger at the church. You're not even living right yourself. And it's like, yeah, we've, we've never claimed perfection in and of ourselves. Yeah. Right. We are saying that we are works in progress according to Ephesians 2.10. Yeah. Right. We're still works of art. God's not done with us. He's not done. These treasures that he has in earthen vessels, that the excellency and power may be of God and not of us. Right. So we understand that. Yeah. But I also think that we prop ourselves up in a religious way, yeah. almost to have the appearance of perfection. And you know what? And re- the spirit of religion, Christina, is very mean. Oh, it's so mean. So mean. And it's very bondage-based. Yeah. And that's where, where people reject Jesus. Mm-hmm. I actually step back because I'm like, you know what? I don't know that you're re- really rejecting Jesus because once you meet him, yeah, you can't reject him because of all of who he is. 
Yeah. But you can read, I think what they're actually experiencing is they have encountered the spirit of religion. Yes, very much so. Yeah. And that is easily rejectionable because it's all about the cup on the outside being clean and being full of dead men's bones and graves being full, right? Open sepulchers, yep. right? Yep. That's what I think they're having a problem with. And I think that's where Unfractured is. It's like, are we really going to, yeah. where is our identity grounded? Is it really mm-hmm. grounded in him or is it grounded in what I call wisdom from beneath? Yeah. 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 yeah I, I think yeah. that's an excellent point. I think we've already mentioned it here. We t- called it Christocentric Christians yeah. versus cultural Christians. Yeah. Now, we've all heard it said just because you go and you park yourself in a garage doesn't make you a car. <laughs> right. You park yourself in a church pew doesn't make you a Christian. Yeah. Um, it comes out of a personal relationship with Jesus. Yes. And, you know, we're all on a journey. We all have our moments where we're meeting yes. Jesus yes. in more powerful ways than others. Yes. But I think ultimately, Christ has to be the center of the church, not a political spirit, not the color of our flesh or the culture mm. around us, and certainly not a gender. Or what I even hate is a very charismatic personality. Let's talk about that title. Get ready to take your faith to the next level. As you sit at Jesus' feet, your faith will grow. As you hear his word, commune with him in prayer, and feast upon his faithfulness. In this beautiful journal, you can record your time with God. It includes 52 weekday entries, which can be used as a week or a day, depending on your preference. Record the scripture you're reading, your response to it in prayer, and a journal page plus an answered prayer section to record Jesus' faithfulness. Grab your colored pencils and Bible and be sure to get creative with the images. This journal will be a powerful memorial of your relationship with a living and loving Savior. Be sure to pick up a copy of At the Feet of Jesus Worship and Prayer Journal today links in the show notes or you can find a copy at amazon or christinaperreira.org slash store come on well, and it is all idols because yeah i was at giving this talk at this christian conference and i said so what is god more interested in the left in terms of directions direct left or right and they were like and they, i knew they were stumped and that was the purpose of it. Yeah. I said, which direction is more important to him? And they just were quiet. I said, neither. The book of James talks about up or down. Mm. It talks about wisdom from beneath mm. or wisdom from above. Yeah. He's more interested in wisdom from above. Mm-hmm. And so when you talk about Christina, the charismatic personality, when we ground ourselves in all those things that don't contain salvation, mm-hmm. But we actually make idols of them when we find our, our identity in those things. Mm-hmm. That's, right. that, those, that's idolatry. Yeah. Like if you're in that, you're on dangerous ground. Well, you are. because Dangerous ground. Yeah. And, and I say in the book too, which would, what caused Adam and Eve to fall, it wasn't that they ate the fruit. Mm-hmm. People want to think that it was, it was that they acted independent of God. Yeah. They doubted his Ind- goodness. Ind- independent. Yeah. I will do this. And you see, there's no one in the scripture where God's trying to work his way out of our lives. He's always trying to work his way into our lives. That's why he came to live in us. Yeah. How close can you get? Yeah. Right? 
And so what happens, it was them acting independent of him. And as you lean on any of those things, your charismatic personality, your gender, your age, your ethnicity, your party. Yeah. Those are all things that are leading you away from him. Mm -hmm. And again, it's not to squash those things, but it's just to put them in their proper place. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So let's talk about some really practical ways people can reorient uh, their identities and uh, what that looks like. What do you hope that this book will bring to local organizations, the church? You know, I think, church. yeah, no, for sure. I think the main thing, Christina, is offer a new language because culture is controlled by language. Mm. It's not controlled by statistics, right? Organizational culture is not controlled by stat. It's controlled by language. And that's why I mentioned the Tower of Babel off the very outset of the book, because one was building it, the language, it wasn't so much that God had a problem with, with the whole idea of language. He just knew the power of it right. and that. Notice how many times they said, I will be. Well, we heard that through Lucifer, right? Yeah. But if you contrast that in the book of Acts, where the language was one of unity and where God would build, notice he's like, he breathed on that. Yeah. So what I hope is, is provide a new language because it's not based upon any other language than the language than other than we can find in the scripture. And I also pull up some of the myths that people talk about that I think are still worldly, but they've crept their way into the church, the whole idea of privilege. I'm like, you know what? Idol, right? The notion of superiority is an idol. It's demonic. The notion of inferiority, right? It's demonic. So what we're saying is, is providing language where Christ is central. And if we can get people grounded in who they are in Christ first, mm -hmm. then you see that there's really only kingdom privilege. Right. Right. And so, because God is never, ever going to exalt one group over the other and right. call it good. Right. Right. Because you can't plant hell and reap heaven. The law of the seed never lies. Yeah. You can't plant apple seeds and reap an orange tree. Yeah. Right. And you can't plant the spirit of death and reap the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. You cannot do it. Mm -hmm. And so this new language is really critical because it gives people a new way to talk about who they are and not be ashamed of it. Yeah, I love yeah, that. Just yeah, I love that so much. I don't think God wants any of us to be ashamed of who we are. No, no. Convicted, regardless of yes, our, but ashamed, no. Or, no, no. And you know, it's so interesting to me. I would think that I believe the church should be leading the world in unity. That's yes. my personal belief. And I believe I it's the belief of God. Yeah. I think his ways are always the best. Like you mentioned, wisdom from above, wisdom from below. But I feel like something is very, very wrong when it seems like the world is trying to lead where the church should be leading. Something is yes. very upside down. Well, if you think about Christine, it's a vacuum will always be filled. That's science. Yeah. And it's because we're not saying anything. Yeah. We, and, and when we do say anything, we're saying what we're pointing fingers and telling the world what it's doing wrong. The world already knows that it's wrong. Yeah. Yeah, they, don't, we don't, they don't need coaching on that, right? They don't. So they really that, don't. And that's why. And so they fill a vacuum because we're quiet. Mm -hmm. I think uh, the bride has abdicated her responsibility. Come on. Yeah. And that's, I mean, but you know what? 
when we talk about idols, the only thing that knocks down idols is the spirit of God. Come on. So Absolutely. I'm excited for revival. I'm ready. I am too. Hmm. I'm I ready. Mean, think about the unity in the book of Acts. Yeah. Think about the Azusa Street revival. What broke it up was division among different ethnic groups. Yeah. But the power of God was there because the unity was there. Yeah. So we've, we have recent examples. We've got examples that are far off, right? Okay. So we want revival. And you think about it, Christina, it's the one topic you can bring up where people are like, oh, no, that's politically correct. No, I'm sorry. Uh, diversity is God's idea. Look in Genesis to Revelation. Yeah. Yeah. But people want to politicize it so they can get a get out of jail free card. Mm. They think that they can actually say, well, I choose not to do that because it's politically tied. No, 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 no. Go into the scripture. And when you do, you look at the scriptural references. When you come out of the, at the end of the book, tell me if you think that diversity is a political ideology or is it God's idea? My thing is, it's like it's staring at us in the face. There's seven yeah. and a half billion different manifestations of God's diversity. They're yes. wrapped up in flesh. Yeah. Look at the ecosystem outside. Trees, bugs, grass, sky, air, rain, sun. That's biodiversity. In yeah. our investment portfolios, we want to mitigate risk, yes. right? And we want to take advantage of, of, of growth. Right. That's because you have diversity in your portfolio. Right. Why is it when we get to people, we right. start stuttering and we, keep, and we begin to back up. Yeah. And that's a hard issue. Absolutely. You know, it was so interesting to me. And I've mentioned this before on the podcast. The language that we've seen used over the last eight years has been one of hatred and division mm. and strife. And, you know, I do a lot of interceding for the body of Christ. Yeah. And my heart was so broken one day. And I said this to the Lord. I said, why did you allow this? I said, mm. because what I've seen was just such ugliness come out. And yes. he said to me this, he said, everything that came out of their mouths was already what was in their hearts. Yes. And there's multiple scriptures. There, is mul there are multiple scriptures. I mean, yes. Yeah. Out of the mouth, the heart speaks, you know, to you, you blind guides and Pharisees, you clean the outside of the cup. There's multiple scriptures to back that up. That's it. But you're absolutely right. It is a heart issue. And this is heart deep. And there's no federal program that's mm. going to be able to deal with this. There's no state or local program no. or nonprofit no. that's going to be able to deal with this. But the spirit of the living God. Yes. It's the power and presence and the conviction of the Holy Spirit that will do it. And think about this too, Christine, and, and that's so spot on, sister. I mean, it's like, just think about it. So God provided for the children of Israel as they're going through the desert or through the wilderness, rather. But then there came a time when he stopped providing for them and he began to create with them. Mm. Right? Yeah. We think God is going, okay, God, okay, yeah, I know we, we're asking, we can ask him to change our heart. Can't. Mm -hmm. We're still responsible for the maintenance of our heart. Yes. God can change our heart. Mm -hmm. Right. And so this is not something he's going to do for us. See, and that's why people run away from it. And in the book I talk about it, and, and I, again, people that know me just know that I'm clear on it. I, I'm gracious, yeah. but it's like we have to, we got to grow up yeah. as the family. We don't want to do one more foot washing service where we get goosebumps and chills. We haven't 
studied why we're doing it. Yeah. And I talked, there's like, I think there's five model. There's a five-step model in the manuscript. And at first thing, before we reconcile, you've got to recognize. Mm -hmm. We don't need one more reconciliation service mm -hmm. until we first recognize. Because recon reconciliation presupposes that you've been conciliatory in the first place. You have yep. to be friends and then that friendship to break and then to reconcile. Yeah. It's why we have the ministry of reconciliation, right? Yes. It's man to God. Yes. Yeah. We want to say it's the ministry of reconciliation from each to each other. And it that's partly true, but we use it in the wrong context. Our ministry is to reconcile men to God. Yes. So we want to throw it into a reconciliation service, but that's out of context because we have not done recognition. Mm -hmm. Right. Unless we have studied the steps of our brother and sister, mm -hmm. why are we washing their feet? We don't even know where the dust comes from. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so interesting to me. I think honor is missing so profoundly in our Western culture. Yeah. And I say this all the time. You cannot receive from what you do not honor. You know, your breakthroughs, the battles you fought, the dust on your feet, the things that you've overcome with the Lord. They can be bread to me if I sit and I receive. And yes. the things I've fought for can be bread to you. And, yes. you know, I, I think God has given us such diversity for a reason because we need all different kinds of bread. Yes. Uh, I remember the Lord took me into Panera Bread one day and he said, you want bread? I'll give you bread of every kind. And there was like, you know, there was challah and there was akasha. Of course. And, yes. and I was like, croissants. And I'm like, God, I'll take it. Will you take it? Will you eat it? That's right. And That's right. Good. Because he is good. And he's wrapped bread up in the package of every human being. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. And you think about take communion, communion yeah. right? To discern the body. Discern who's sitting next to you. Discern who's in the body. To rightly discern the body yeah. is to honor who God wrapped in flesh sitting next to you. Isn't it amazing? It's right in front of us, right? And to honor that, and not at a disadvantage or an advantage, but as a, I'm different. Yeah. It's like, it's not a function of being better or worse. It's a function yeah. of being different. And isn't that awesome? Yeah. Right? It looks... And the thing is, you can't have unity without diversity. Yeah. Unity yeah. demands that different things come together to form one thing. Absolutely. And we don't have to, we, and we can actually be unified without being uniform. Amen. Preach it. Absolutely. I don't want to be like anybody else. I love who yeah. God made me. I love who God made you. I love who God made me, my brother and sister. I'm yeah. not looking for them to be like me. Yeah. Because we actually more reflect the accurate com complexion and face of God through our differences. Mm -hmm. Ephesians talks about that, the breadth width, right, of yeah. God. And it talks about that within the context of us being different. Yeah. That's so right. God's not trying to stamp out Christians like it's some manufacturing facility and everybody be the yeah. same. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. No, that's not even his goal. Yeah. Some are artists, some are plumbers, some are business people, some are doing. Yeah. He's like, yeah, that reflects it. That reflects the body. And Absolutely. here's the thing too, Christina, we need each other. Yes. Yes. 
Absolutely. You know, it's so funny. When we do ministry events, I always tell people we don't reinvent the wheel. We just help put the wheel together. So if if you have a transportation ministry, you come do transportation. If you like to do food, you come do food. You know, if you like to give stuff away, bring it. That's it. The thing is, like, the wheel doesn't roll if everybody is doing the same thing. No. can come together for a singular purpose. And what is that purpose? The Great Commission. To there reach it is. the lost, to minister to the hurting, to declare the extravagant love of God, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cast out demons. Yep. Freely we've received, freely we give. Right. The ministry of reconciliation. People to God. There you go. And it's an act. It's an act. It's not words. Yep. That's right. It's the act and it's not words to yeah. model it. Yep. Right. And I believe everything that we want from God is wrapped up in, in us acting actually like we belong to the same family. And by the way, there are no different races. There are different yeah. ethnicities. Yeah. There's only one race. There's the human race. Mm-hmm. And there are those mm-hmm. from the kingdom of Satan or the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And God's heart is that those that are not in the kingdom of God come into the family because he's not willing to any man should perish. That's right. That's we have to understand it's not different racial groups. No, sorry. And that's why sometimes we treat each other like we come from different planets. Right. I do an educational initiative, 12 years old now, for high school and college kids or in high and middle school kids to share, do storytelling on their mobile devices. We've served about 40,000 kids so far. Mm. I look at all those kids as my kids. Yeah, I love that. Not just the black and brown kids. I want all of my kids to be successful. Yeah. They all have stories. Yeah. I don't look at those kids because when you start talking about those and these, stupidity is not far away. Amen. Yeah. And we've just got to stop that. And we've adopted yeah. the language of the world. Mm-hmm. Right. And we yeah. really have to have the conversation. I, I tell folks, if comfort is what you're looking for in the natural, go get a quilt. The yeah. Holy Spirit is there to comfort us. Why? Because he knew that we would be in uncomfortable situations. Yes. So the goal of comfort is never, ever my goal. Yeah. In these conversations, it's like we need to grow up mm-hmm. and have these conversations. And are we sometimes maybe going to get angry at each other? Are we going to maybe fuss at each other? Yeah, because families do that. Mm-hmm. The difference is, is we do not have the option of not coming back to the table of fellowship and brotherhood. Yeah. We think we do have the option. Well, I'm not talking to that person anymore. Okay, well, sorry, you just cut off, a, a, you really cut off the anointing in some area because you don't forgive somebody. Mm-hmm. You can't do that, mm-hmm. right? We think that we can just leave the table. I'm not going to go back to that group or that or this particular area or that person. And I'm not saying that you have to necessarily hang out with people who mm-hmm. done you a certain way. I'm not yeah. saying that. Because yeah, if they've hurt you, that hurt is real. Yeah. That hurt is real. Yeah. But I am saying that you can't write off an entire group of people. Yeah. yeah. Just because of this experience with that particular person or that small group of people. You can't do that. Right. And in this family, we got to come back to the table of fellowship. Yeah. I agree. So good. Well, this has been so fun. I feel like we could go on and on forever. But is there anything burning on your heart you'd like to say directly to our listeners? You know, I would just say if there's more information, so they can go to getunfractured.com. And we've got a lot of different things there. And you and I, we kind of talked about it. Music that's there, the curriculum we're rolling out. 
um, audio book that's happening that I'm going in the studio doing. Lots of, the, lots of assets and the resources are there to help us see that this conversation can happen uh, with a spirit of grace, honesty, transparency, hard stuff can be talked about. And we are up to the challenge. So that's really the main thing is to tell folks to go to, you know, getinfractured.com. There's more stuff there to help us along the way. I absolutely love that so much. So um, our prayer before this started was that this conversation would lead to more conversations, would lead to people getting your book and going through the leadership program and implementing some of these things that you've put in other corporate organizations that yes. the body of Christ can really benefit from. Yes. And so I, I love that you mentioned that. Thank you so much for that. So Thank you, Christina. You're welcome. Would you mind praying for our listeners before we go? No, I'd be honored to do so. Father, we just thank you so much. Great and mighty are you in our midst, Lord God. And we honor you. We bless you. Praise you, Father, for who you are. Father, you know where we are. And you know also not that we, it's not a function of just needing your help because we know we do. But Lord, we want your help. Mm-hmm. We desire your help, Father. Lord, I just thank you, Father, you would just help us to see what we need to do. We know that we have the grace to get it done and that we don't do it alone. We do it with you. We do it by your spirit, Father God. Father, I ask that you would just help us to unify as your family so that the world might know according to your word in John 17. Father, as you continue to breathe upon us, continue to breathe upon revealing Jesus and Christina, her ministry. Lord, as a woman of God, as a woman preaching the gospel, God, and, and helping to bring your presence into these groups. Father, just thank you for a fresh anointing upon her. And Lord, we just honor you for who you are, what you're doing through us. And Father God, we just ask God, thank you for the exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or imagine. Father, kiss that you are putting on the things, Lord God, that honor you. Lord, we bless you. We praise you, Father, for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here with me today. It was such a joy. Yeah, thanks, Christina. Oh, you're so welcome. Well, I hope and I pray today's show has has blessed you. I will have links from today's podcast in the show notes under Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. There you'll find additional resources to connect with us and our special guest, Scott Welch. Be sure to pick up a copy of his new book, Unfractured, A Christ-Centered Action Plan for cultural change. Until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I hope today's episode has blessed you. Please subscribe, share it with your friends, and don't forget to sign up for our ministry mailing list for more encouraging content about our beautiful Savior, Jesus. Just text JESUS to 1-833-815-7778. That's 1-833-815-7778. 7778. And of course, it's your turn now to join the conversation. Send me your burning questions, leaders you would like to hear from in the body of Christ, your testimonies, and more. Just click join the conversation in the show notes. And for more information about our ministry, visit us at ChristinaPereira.org. Until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless.